Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time to welcome you to the Leisure and Lariats podcast and introducing your host, hailing from Bel Air, Texas. He is a world traveling veteran of professional wrestling, the final boss, the bear. The master of that Davidson drip, your host, Ruthless Ryan Davidson! Some type of way today, baby. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of the Leisure and Lariats podcast. This is a podcast that inspires, motivates, and entertains the masses through the eyes of a professional wrestling's point of view. My name is Ryan Davidson, Ooh, yeah. and I'm a world traveled veteran professional wrestler, and I've been in and out of the ring with some of the best athletes, personalities, and driven individuals from all around the world. Join me as I talk about life-changing advice, experiences, and stories from myself and special guests that not only made a change for themselves, but also answer the call when challenges rise. And yet another episode has risen each and every Friday, bringing you new content here on the Leisure and Lariats podcast. And let's get this show underway with some plugs, man. <laughs> what, what, what'd you say, not Chuck? <laughs> And that's a for show right on. Hell yeah, bro. Jared Gannon with the inner squared circle. Find him on all social media platforms. Chris Russo at WrestleRusso with Instagram. Brad Owen Snake Productions. Find him on all social media platforms. Brian Breaker with the Breaker and Bane Power Hour of Wrestling Podcast. The Nintendo Power Podcast. Find them on all social media and podcast platforms. Rex Andrews with Pathway Fitness. Find him on all social media platforms. Stevie Richards. Find them on all social media platforms and, of course, YouTube and StevieRichardsFitness.com. Brock Baker with the Hooligan Hour podcast. Find them on all podcast platforms. Jackson Stone with the You Are Loved podcast and Jackson Stone Talks, everybody. Find them on all social media platforms and podcast platforms as well. And let's get into some professional wrestling. You're talking to the Rolex Wearing diamond ring, wearing kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo, yeah. Yeah, I don't have alligators, but I got some Adidas foam cloud shoes, though. <laughs> Hell yeah, and you know, those things are comfortable, so. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll have some alligators. Nonetheless, reality of wrestling. Of course, official row on Twitter and Instagram. Find them on all social media platforms. RealityWrestling.com for all current events and updates. Have an upcoming show. Their second drive through event coming September 12th. Of course, right in front of the Booker T World Gym Arena. And, of course, as anyone has seen from the last drive through event, yes, 
I will go ahead and announcement since basically, spoiler alert, it's already happened. I am Ryan Davidson, the new reality wrestling heavyweight champion. And hell yeah, brother. Ooh, yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Um, I, I, I want to say this flat out before I continue. Brian Keith is a phenomenal champion. Um, he's a guy that I always love being in the ring with. I know on camera, it's like, I hate you, man, and all that other stuff. That competition's at a high level, but off camera, he's one of the best individuals I've met in pro wrestling and definitely a really talented guy. And I always knew he was a main event guy from the first time I worked him back in the old uh, flea market uh, days right there all over there off Airtex, Armadillo Flea Market. And uh, he, he was great then, and he's great now, and he's done a phenomenal job job being the reality wrestling champion for as long as he has almost for a solid year and everything even with the pandemic and everything he represented the company very well so thank you brian for going to war with me and having some great moments and i'm sure you're going to want that rematch so anytime anywhere brother we'll make that happen man but uh yes i'm the new reality wrestling champion wildcat sports champion hurricane pro champion i'm just coming for all the gold baby Ooh, yeah. all the gold and now i feel like a man now you're a man, a man, man, man. okay i'm done anyways um wildcat sports of course you can find them on all social media platforms uh wildcatsportswrestling.com uh they went ahead and dropped some new content i believe they have a season two mike dell versus luke hawks on their youtube channel go ahead and hit that subscribe button hurricane pro wrestling of course they have a show to be announced september 26 at ford park in beaumont texas i'm super forward looking i'm Hold on, let me back up real quick. I'm super looking for... Hold on, wait a second. Am I fumbling my words again? <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just this tongue has a, has a mind of its own. Anyways, I am very much looking forward to... There we go. <laughs> Give myself an applause there, because I know how to speak like a human. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the show on September 26th for Hurricane Pro. Um, I, I'm very proud to be their heavyweight champion to represent all three of these companies, man. And I don't know who my opponent is for that show, but I know for all the fans in Beaumont, Texas, and of course watching on Title Match network uh i'm gonna give him a show man i'm gonna give him a match and i got a special place in my heart for beaumont texas and hurricane pro and you can find them on all social media platforms and check them out on their youtube channel as well uh and of course my own personal social media at rdbear57 on instagram twitter ryan davidson on facebook go ahead and check out i have a youtube channel of my own hit that subscribe button with some more content more matches that are going to be dropping uh here very soon that is my to do thing for coming up this weekend is to update a lot of stuff but now now, today is the day to where I have another guest here on the Leisure and Lariats podcast. Ooh, yeah. And he's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. I can't say enough great things about this guy, uh, Kevin Bernhardt. He is the lifeblood of, of reality wrestling. He's one of my close friends in the business. But that's just a little teaser because I can't forget about Book of the Week. See, y'all thought I was going to forget about books, man? Y'all forgot about that, didn't y'all? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I caught that shit, though. I caught that shit. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I'm all over the place today. Anyways, book of the week. Uh, <laughs> basically just teased everybody on the Kevin interview. Uh, the book of the week is by a man that I really look up to. Uh, his content is great on YouTube. Uh, I've seen a lot of his different uh, seminars and events that he's done in the past that was called Evolving Out Loud. And he is a... Uh, a former comedian uh, turned motivational speaker. Uh, and I've mentioned him before on past episodes and everything like that. But, man, I, I tell I tell you what, he is probably my number one go-to person as far as I'm feeling any kind of confliction within myself internally or anything like that. He always seems to bring it out in the best way possible to kind of uh, break bass barriers and get through those cloudy moments and really take an inner look at yourself. Not be in your head, but be in your heart. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Kyle Cease. And the book of the week is called The Illusion of Money. Why chasing money is stopping you from receiving it. Hmm. Very interesting, right? Well, as it says here on Amazon uh, for his book, and of course, I will drop this link in the show notes so you guys can go ahead and give it a read or give it a listen if you prefer Audible is that basically money is one of the biggest excuses we make to not go after what we really want. Our fixation with money, the desire for more of it, and the fear of not having it is often really just a longing to feel safe. But this obsession with money is coming at a much bigger cost. Our sanity, our creativity, our freedom, and our ability to step into our true power. This book is about eliminating the need to seek safety through the illusion of money and learning to see ourselves for the perfection that we are. Ooh, that's solid. So that we can bring our gifts to the world in an authentic way and allow our ser- ourselves to receive massive true abundance as a result. Man, that's hell yeah, brother. I can get with that. But this book is phenomenal. I've read it when it first came out. Uh, a little while ago, and it, it's been great. I have it both uh, as a book and audible version. Uh, it really made me look at things a completely different way because we all get caught up in it, right? You know, my bank account's not large enough. I got to pay for this. I got that. I got bills. I got all this other st- type of stuff. I got to grind. I got to hustle. I got to yada, 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 yada. This book basically lets you look at things from a different paradigm uh, and really tap into your inner self to where it actually allowing that money to flow to you and freely with hardly any kind of restrictions, man. And it, it sounds like a pipe dream. It sounds like some airy-fairy shit, but it works, man. And it's worked for me. It really, really has because my fan- finances have been way better this year after listening to this book than ever, any year possible or year before that. There you go. I'm still talking. <laughs> but nonetheless, The Illusion of Money by Kyle C's Book of the Week. Uh, please give it a read, give it a listen, and check it out, of course, on Amazon. Now, match of the week. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. WWE just dropped this on YouTube just a few days ago, and this match is so good. I, I've i seen this match at least a dozen times. I haven't watched it in a while, but once they released it just a few days ago, uh, which, you know, record, recording this, of course, they basically just dropped, but as you guys are listening to it, obviously, it's Friday. Uh, I believe they dropped this on Wednesday or Tuesday, I believe, but... Nonetheless, this thing is a classic, man. It is a classic. And what match am I talking about? Well, it takes back in No Way Out in 2006 for the WWE main event for the World Heavyweight Championship, Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker. Man, this match here was right before the WrestleMania of that year. And 
Oh, man, it's a classic. It just goes to show you why Undertaker and Kurt Angle are some of the greatest performers that have ever existed inside the world of professional wrestling. Uh, and, and I love this match. And, and I, it brought up all kinds of old feelings for me watching this from the first time. And it still holds up, man. I mean, this, this, this match will stand the test of time, regardless of what your taste is in professional wrestling. Please give it a watch. Of course, I will have the link in the show notes and the, sh- and the whole match in entirety is available on YouTube. Once again, Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker, 2006 at No Way Out for the world heavyweight title now no more teasing baby no more teasing now it's time episode 17 here's part one with one of my closest friends a guy that makes reality wrestling work a guy that puts in more time more effort than really anyone that has ever been involved with that company and i'm so proud to call him a friend he's such a great guy and we dive in deep into his career here in part one of this interview and it has a lot of great lessons whether you're just starting out in pro wrestling you're an advanced man or woman in pro wrestling or you're not in pro wrestling and you're just going through life just like we all are right he's got some great nuggets of wisdom and the one person that I can always go to if I'm ever having an issue or something on my mind he's such a great guy and that man is known as Kevin Bernhardt Oh my God, that brings back so many memories. Doesn't it? <laughs> it brings back so many memories. I love it. I you love can't it. not shimmy a little bit when you hear it. Oh my God. Do you have change for a five? I do. I do. You want to throw some ones? <laughs> Let's throw some ones. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, already starting off on a, on a, on a great start here uh, on part one of my interview with one of my closest friends, uh, the one and only Kevin Bernhardt, a.k.a. Kelly Kevin? I almost said Kevin Kelly. Yeah, it's it been, might have, yeah. It might have been some. Yeah, you gonna get, get some heat? Yeah, get some heat, man. I don't want that fucking heat, bro. I'm wearing the shit out of these buttons. The sound uh, yeah, don't you love it? It's I great. Do. Trying to get that timing down. Anyways, uh, I'm here with Kevin Bernhardt. Uh, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Appreciate you having Part me. Part one, we're going to get into two parts. Man, we got a lot to talk about. And this is the funny thing, too, is that I was just telling you before I hit the record button was like, hey, man, here's the outline of this. This is where I'm thinking how long we're going to talk. But, dude, out of all the nights you and I have just talked shop, shot the breeze of just wrestling life or whatever, dude, we go like hours I know. man it's really crazy it'll be like three o'clock in the morning I'm like dude, we gotta leave we dude, gotta leave this building bro i know man and that's the whole thing too is just that you know we love wrestling so much and we always talk about great things in our lives and just all the progression and we're gonna get into all this and everything but i'm, I'm really excited to do this interview with you not just because we're buddies and everything but like you know i know a lot of the men and women around here reality wrestling because as we record this uh i won't say what room we're in but we're in the booker t world gym arena uh recording this episode and I feel like everybody just knows you on one side but I know you as the kick-ass aka Cajun kid aka Kevin hell yeah bro like probably one of my favorite characters gimmicks 
ever that I've seen in wrestling. Ah, no, that. no, no BS, man. Kelly Kevin was is a phenomenal character, and we have to get in all that. But I think first things first, how we met. Um, I'll just say a little bit of my part, and then I just want to like kind of get your opinion on it. But I believe met you in uh, early to mid two thousand and eight because that's when I walked in. Adrian Sensation kind of told book about me and everything. And the th- first three guys that I met was Robbie Gilmore, Gustavo Mendoza, and Kevin Bernhardt. And I'm like, man this is like the place for me. Cause it was like, you were like the coolest guys. Like I was sitting there and I had like my, my, uh, all right, nobody messed with me. I'm tough. Like, like type <laughs> bullshit face. But you were like, Oh, Hey buddy, you guys like wrestling? Fuck. Yeah. Why don't you come over here? And it was great. So run me through it, man. What was your opinion when we first met? So I've always heard this about you and I've always heard it talked about that. Everybody hates you when they first meet you. <laughs> like it used to be. <laughs> used to be. It's very true. Oh, yeah. It's very true. It's very true. It used to uh, be that way. And now, like, everybody loves you when they first meet you. But mm. the, it used to be, like, when you first I met, think so. I don't when know. When you first meet Ryan, he comes off, he's, like, very, you know, stern face. You know, and then you get to, like, break him down, and he's like, oh, he's the greatest guy ever. Mm. I had the exact opposite. Like, when you first came into the gym, or I don't know if it was the gym or the show, I can't remember when I first, the first day. I think it was... 2301 Commerce, yeah. baby. First day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love it. Sorry, I know. It's dude, a horn. This, I, dude, love I love it. It's my thing. It's my thing. So... <laughs> But the first day, the first time I met you, like first, like really memories, it was like same thing you said, you know, because me and Gustavo and Robbie, we had our little, you know, just we're cool. Like we, you know, we didn't take everything so serious. We weren't doing that like I'm a veteran, you know, or I'm, you know, we're like, hey, man, everybody be cool. So as soon as you guys came in and Adrian already gave us kind of the Iggy of like, hey, he's a good dude. He's a good brother. You know, uh, you're going to love him. Uh, And he's like, he showed us a tape. I think I saw of you before I actually met you. And it was like, oh, this guy can work. It was uh, you at a. Tugboat Taylor's. Yeah, you were at Tugboat. Yeah, I worked uh, I worked Austin Rhodes, and that was the thing, too, was uh, Adrian was just like, you made that piece of shit look so good. That's what we <laughs> thought, too, because I had known, known Austin for a while, and I was like, man, Ryan gave him a great match. Oh, man. He's got to be somebody. I was, and, like, I was like, that's the most like insulting to him, but best compliment I've ever got. I guess hey, man, I was just it's like, a great oh, compliment. what a bit. Yeah, so And I that was the first it. thing I ever saw of you, so I was like, oh, man, this guy, he can work. We'd love to have him here. You know, and Adrian's yeah. like, hey, I'm trying to get him to come down. Do it. So, yeah, man, as soon as I met you, it was just, again, just broke the ice really quick. Um, and we just got along immediately. Like, I don't remember any Absolutely. kind of, like, you know, premiere of, like, oh, I don't want to say hi to him. Or this. I was like, hey, come here, big big bear hug, you right. know. And everybody just got along from that point. And, and we kind of became the little crew in that little gym of, you know, like you said, me, Robbie, you, Gustavo. Yeah. Uh, you know, some others that were in that, you know, original little crew of guys. But, no, man, I— Loved you from the second I met you. Bro, I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I don't want to make this all about me. I want to get into, like, your beginnings and, like, where you kind of broke through. Why pro wrestling? Because I know you have a very great martial arts background. Don't mess with Kevin Bernhardt. <laughs> he will straight up kick you in the Whoa! face. He needs some milk. That's right. You're going to get milk served by Kevin Bernhardt. You try to mess with him. I've seen them kicks, man, firsthand. But no, like, this is kind of what I want to get into because, once again, a lot of people know you from, like, behind the scenes. You're, like, the guy that runs the show. And we're going to get into all that down the line. But I want to know Kevin Bernhardt, like, yo, man, like, bluegrass, like, you know, paradigms and everything like that. Like, where'd you come up? Were you a Louisiana kid? Like, where were you born? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Denham Springs, Louisiana, right outside of Baton Rouge. Uh, A little small town. Yeah. Uh, You know, it was 
the legit like you can touch Baton Rouge. So it's you get the big city, but then you also get right outside of it, which is mm-hmm. perfect for me. Like I'm such I don't like Houston. I like right outside of Houston. I don't like Baton Rouge. I like right outside of Baton Rouge. You've always been like a beach bum too. Like yeah. you love the water, yeah, man. Love, You've always been always there. been there. Okay. So you know that's when moving uh, then to Lake Jackson, which is right outside of Houston, yeah. right near the water. So I was able to be by the beach all the time. Great, you know, for high school, you know, just sitting around surfing. Not having to go to classes, it was perfect. Well, th- th- that's the other thing, too, is, like, I bring a beach bum in, like, the most positive way, like, nothing derogatory, but, like, you know, normally a beach bum is, like, a guy that wears, like, sleeveless shirts, tank tops, shorts, and I think I can count on one hand how many times I've actually seen you wear tennis shoes. Yeah, Like, happen. you always walk around either flip barefoot or fli- flip-flops, yeah. and it's It's that great. country boy thing, I just, you know. So, look, man, you came but, from a small town in Louisiana, and then tell me how you, how you got into wrestling. Like, what were your so first interests? I started, uh, my first interest was one of my friends, uh, shout out to Jared Mays. He's the one that got me into wrestling. Right uh, Old high school friend or um, middle school friend. And he, uh, Hulk Hogan turned heel. Um, what was it? Bash the Beach, uh, 96. Oh, wow. So that was your first. That was my first. Really? I'd never seen wrestling before, before that. Wow. So That's I, so cool. Yeah. So he turned heel. And the next day, he was at my house. It was Monday night. I didn't know anything about wrestling. And he was like, hey, we've got to turn the TV on. We've got to turn the TV on. And I was like, well, what's up? He's like, we're going to watch wrestling. It's like, yeah, sure, dude, whatever. You know, turn it on. And Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko was the first thing I ever saw. No kidding. And, man, they blew me away. And I was into martial arts my whole life. Like, that was, like, my world. I'm from kindergarten. I was a teacher by this point. So I was, I think I got my black belt at, like, I want to say I was, like, eight or nine, something like that. So, like, I was young. And... I, so I was all into karate, and then I see Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio doing it's pretty much like a live karate movie, you know, live action karate. They're kicking each other, they're flipping. It's a bunch of ninjas out there, dude. It's great, man. And you know, you you brought up such a good point because I was actually going to try and get on that. I'm glad you kind of segued back to it because like that was always like a thing too. Is like we normally seem to get in like different hobbies. Like for you, it was martial arts, and not only were you into martial arts, but dude, you're great. Like you're black belt. Like that's something to brag about, man. Because that takes a lot of a discipline. That takes a lot of reps, a lot of dedication and everything and to go from martial arts into wrestling like I'm glad that you put in that perspective that to you is just like a real life karate yeah, movie yeah it's a real life karate movie that's all you know if you, you gotta look at wrestling as what it is sometimes and yeah I mean yeah. you see it as a kid and you're like you love martial arts you love fight movies you love that stuff it's live action fighting you know it's, it's beautiful so I got into that I started watching I was one of those kids that watched every Monday never missed a Monday uh, I was WCW for a long time, and then eventually... Oh, so you were a WCW I was a WCW guy. cat. Wow. Yeah, I was a WCW cat. You like, were I wasn't... a WC... So, hold on. You were all, you, you were all booked, because I was all a yeah. WWE guy. No, I was, all, okay. I was all WCW. It was until... Nice. Uh, like, I started watching a little bit, you know, back and forth. Yeah. Uh, you know that teenage boy, like, Shotgun Saturday Night came on. There's, oh, you know, a girl... hell yeah, yeah. Shotgun Saturday Night. Get it. Get it. Love that one. I love that. Get it. Uh, and that was, again, that late night, you know, some of your buddies over, and he's like, oh, you like WCW? Watch this. And, wow. you know, and yeah, so I got into that, and that Too Cold was the first guy I saw in WWE, uh, which I really? absolutely love. Was he Flash? Was yeah, he Flash, he was Flash Funk? Funk at the time. Oh, that's yeah. great, man. Uh, doing the, you know, because, you know, back then, it wasn't always the main card guys on Saturday night. Yeah. You know, so getting to watch Flash Funk do his thing, come out with the ladies, you know, dancing and shit. It was awesome. Yeah. So I got into that, but then once I moved here, I, uh, I was still doing, you know, martial arts all the time. I was on a competition team, which meant, like, we traveled the country and, like, put on demonstrations and, you know, competed. Once again, Kevin Bernhardt <laughs> will kick you in the face if you mess with him. I'm just saying. Continue. <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, so we did that, and then I did one at a wrestling show. So we did, like, we tried to get teenagers to, you know, sign up for this camps and stuff like yeah. that. So there was one in my hometown, and there was a wrestler that was doing a wrestling show, like, at just a little gym. And 
somehow, I don't know how the teacher got in touch with, but we ended up doing something in the wrestling room, like breaking boards and doing that kind of stuff and trying to get people to come to the show. Yeah, yeah. Or join the school. And afterwards, I, I talked to the promoter, and I was like, oh, I'm such a big fan of wrestling, this and that. And he told me, he's like, actually, I've got a school that I'm opening up right now, and I've got... As a matter of as fact. As a matter of fact, <laughs> there's some money you could spend. <laughs> and oh, he was like, man. and I've got some kids that are actually here in my class. He's like, yeah. I've got some really young kids uh, about your age. Mm. And he was like, and uh, I'm trying to start them really young to about the time they're like 18, 19, and most people are breaking in. They've got a few years already in the business. So mm. I was like... All right. And one of the kids that wrestled on that show that I was at was uh, Gabe Hollier, Jason, wow. and Alex. Really? Yeah, so they all wrestled Surf on that show. Surge Surf and Surge, Kid Extreme. And wow. Yeah, so all those guys were on the show. So oh, I saw kids great. like my age wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, and then there was the big guys. You know, they all did the prelim matches, and then right. there was the main event guys. And so uh, I was just – I was all in. So, you know, it was one of those go straight from that to like, yep, I'm going to be at your school next week. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I – it went from the how the karate – turned me into wrestling was, you know, again, I did a demonstration at a karate show and yeah. me being me, I'm always going to just go, I'm just going to go for it and just ask somebody a question or walk up. You know, I'm not going to sit there and wait and wait and wait. And, oh, maybe I could figure this out. You know, it was like, Hey, there's a guy that runs this company and I love wrestling. I'm going to go try and talk to this guy. See that, but that's the battle right there, man. I'm glad you brought that up because that was something that like Q talked about on like when, when I first interviewed him to where like he, he kind of got into his own head a little bit of it, but eventually took that action to where like he would drive like all the way to the building and then he'd be like, all right, and he'd drive off. And then, like, the next day or the next week, he would, like, all right, I'm going to walk up to the front door. And then he'd go in. And then, like, the next week, it's like, oh, I'm going to walk inside and see what happens. You know what I mean? And eventually he got there, but that's also credit to you on the fact, and this is a lesson for everybody listening, is, like, when you want something bad enough and you're interested enough, like, the answer is always going to be no if you don't ask. Like, you're always, you're never going to hit the ball if you don't swing. And it's such a simple thing that we always hear all the time, but it just, it pertains to you on the fact of, just like I love this this is awesome I want to do this who do I need to talk to and it was just simple as that and a lot of people get in their own way when they let their mind mess with them to not get what they want man and you're a clear example of getting what you want so there you no, go 100 I uh you know what's the other chances like I didn't know if this I didn't know this was a local promotion or anything I didn't know you know I'd never been to it that was my first indie show to ever go to I didn't know there was independent wrestling like right. I wasn't on the internet all the time I didn't I don't know if I had internet yet uh or really I think I had like an AOL account hell yeah AOL did yeah it, did you have a girlfriend and that was uh, a model course. too yeah she was a model <laughs> she lived in canada yeah. so you wouldn't know her oh yeah my, uh, my girlfriend was from spain bro yeah 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 she was she was beautiful by the way she sent me pictures yeah oh, yeah she was she, she was sent beautiful. you pictures the fbi just, is listening just, <laughs> do not uh, no, better but, watch out don't get canceled bro it's yeah i'm gonna get canceled <laughs> no but it was um it was one of those things if i didn't know anything about this so i was like let me go talk to this guy you know let me just go and you know let me see what this is, you know? And then as soon as he said that, it goes back to just taking the leap. Uh, I got the information, you know, I did that event and like the next Wednesday I'm at the guy's school, you nice. know, it was just one of those like, all right, well, this is, you know, he gave me an invitation. I got, you know, like I have the information now I want to go because I actually funny story on, I'm going back before ever getting into wrestling, but wanting to get into wrestling. Mm-hmm. Do you remember ring rats? Not those ring rats. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
bro, I'm about to get canceled. You're about to get canceled. <laughs> See what happens you, when I bring you on? I know. I'm just kidding. Anyway, Do you remember, so, did you ever hear about put, ring rats? Let's be specific here. Okay. okay did so, you ever hear about Teddy Hart's ring rats? Oh, yeah, it just yes. keeps getting worse oh and worse. Oh, my God. I'm a, let's give him a clip. Uh, yeah. He gets one. Uh, he gets He gets so one. Teddy so, Hart yes. in Canada put out this like statement one time, and I don't know how I found it, how it came about. I don't know if it's an email or whatever, but he was looking for – a teenage wrestling organization called Ring Rats, and he was going to produce it. Get Eric Bischoff, yeah, out of here. So I sent him. <laughs> so I I handwrote a letter, and I guess my mom uh, like copied it, and then so she saved a copy, and I wrote this this letter and email or mailed it to this email address that I had, where he was like, "If you want to apply to be in Ring Rats, this and that, and blah blah blah." blah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Worst name God. ever, too. But like, and that was probably like <sighs> ten at the time, and I was like, I loved wrestling, so I was like, "Yes, I'm applying." So I sent like this, I'm in karate and I want to be a wrestler. And I sent him this thing. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> Bro. Oh, so I sent it. So I, my mom saved a copy and about a year ago, I found it. It's the best thing I ever read of like, I wish I was a promoter. Like as a promoter now, I would love for a child to send me this letter of being like, I can beat people up and I can fight real well. And yeah, Bro, it was great. You could have been the ring rat world champion. Oh, <laughs> it would have been magical. Oh my but again, God. it goes back what to like. What year was this? You said you were 10? Yeah, it had to have been like 96, imagine 97. That. Just, just imagine Imagine someone in 2020 trying to start a wrestling organization. Sorry, as I talk more into the microphone. Uh, Imagine somebody trying to start a wrestling organization, Ring Rats. I know. It's so good. It's just such a Teddy Hart oh, thing. Oh, God like, bless it. And I saw clips of it. And actually, what it reminded <sighs> me of, there was a pilot that did, they did shoot. It came out like a couple years ago. That oh, somewhere yeah? on YouTube, somebody like posted a pilot or something that came out. Oh, and we, pretty oh, much what it was, that. do you remember um, Wrestling Society X? I do. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was very similar to that. It was like crazy spots. It was like people jumping off of balconies and stuff and doing that flips. underground wrestling. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. I did hear Teddy Hart once time try to train cats to do wrestling. Oh, moves. I totally believe it. Yeah. Dude. Like he tried to have a, a wrestling organization of animals. So we've bro. gone way off, guys. This is what happens to me. Bro, and Ryan bro this is this drugs, man. Drugs yeah. are great. You uh, know Teddy Hart, saying? you know, brother. Jeez. Oh, uh, allegedly. This is so Allegedly. Great. I love it. Anyway, so uh, uh, <laughs> segueing back, that's a phenomenal story. Sorry. So, and that's why we're going to try and keep everything yeah. within just the time frame because yep. this yep. is how we go into, uh, hey, buddy, how's your day? Two o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. And then this happened and just... Yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I really wouldn't. But moving forward, yes. now we got into your break of, of you breaking the glass, so to speak, of uh, getting into the pro wrestling business. So, like, how long did you actually train until you had your first match? Like, uh, like who was your trainer again? So, Rick Laribus, uh, he went by Mark Von Air. He went by a bunch of different names, but he was in a global, okay. or he was in a, did global. He actually is in Booker T's first class. So they Once trained. Yeah, really? they started together. Yeah, they were. Dude, all these parallels know, are it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, they, uh, there's a picture wow. of them together of like when they first started. It's him like GI Bro and Rick. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know they that started their same class together uh, when they first started. And uh, huh. so, but he was at a uh, world class and like at the very dying days. Mm -hmm. So like when they were bringing in like fake Von Eriks and then, you know, Skandar. Oh, yeah, would, all that you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just to fight Skandar, you know, and it was yeah. all, he'd bring in all these guys. So, um, so anyways, he was in that class, and then um, when it folded, he started, and he started school later on. You know, it was very, he didn't have a long school for very long. You know, it became, like, pretty much us. You know, it was me, Gabe, you know, that little crew. Right. Uh, so I started training. 
uh, I want to say I was 13 or 14. I think I was like 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and first day or second day, I went in there, broke my ankle, uh, which goes back to why we're so safe here of like, hey, don't just yeah do something crazy your second day. Like it's very. How'd you, how'd you break your ankle? So, did you just go for something that no, you weren't this ready guy, for? Or? Yeah, this guy, um, we did class. And then afterwards, guys were allowed to like keep rolling around and doing stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And he was like, hey, kid, come in here. Um, so oh, is, is that one of those, uh, Hey, let me try something on yep, you real quick. 100%. I took my first back <laughs> bump that day shit. and he gave me an angle slam and the Olympic wow. slam and I didn't know how to land it. I didn't know what to do. And he rolled. Well, yeah, it's your yeah, first, it's my first day. day. Wow. And, uh, and I tried to put my foot down a little, you know, trying to like break my fall yeah. and broke my ankle. Uh, so then I was out for like, you know, three months and then I came back, of course, cause I'm dumb. Uh, I was like, no, I you bro- ain't dumb brother. <laughs> You're tough. Buddy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, can I get an oh yeah for that? Yeah, I mean, you can on. absolutely oh, get an oh yeah, yeah for that. I'll Thank actually you. tell you what, you get some. Oh, he needs some milk. You can get some milk for I that ankle, bro. did need some milk for that ankle. So like three months later, I came back, uh, trained for about, ooh, well, I think I was out for about, uh, actually about four to six months. Uh, but as soon as I could get back, I went back and then uh, had my first match after like two months of training. Did uh, you really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. we how, had, how'd that go? Who's, who's the first so my first ever first match, match yeah. was uh, Carlos, who worked as a Panther. You're a Panther? <gasps> really? Yeah, yeah. Panther, that was yeah, your first match That was my first match ever. ever. Yep. Yeah, Panther, uh, Carlos was a guy that was like a, a local journeyman guy that's been around forever. You know, a lot of guys got along with him and everything like that. And it was kind of crazy because he had like this generic like black lucha mask yeah. and black long tights. And I think he had like this, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I'm, I think the color was like a teal yeah. blue yep. stripe down or whatever. And I would always like, I'd see him in the locker room at some of the shows I'd be like pantera super quiet super nice guy still friends with yeah, this yeah, day yeah yeah um yeah he was my first match and um so it was just one of those like and we had these shows which i, I really loved at the time because it was like we had our road shows that we did every weekend but mm-hmm. we also on uh it was your thursday or fridays we had the, the school show which was a free show it was at the gym we were in there was like 10 people there you know like fans it was like baseball like kids that came from like little league baseball they'd come to the show after you know after baseball oh, practice. Oh, gotcha, right okay so it was just something to do yeah, yeah and it was something for the new new students to just get in a ring and mm. get to do shows and get to wrestle gotcha um best idea maybe not sometimes because again i'm <laughs> you know two and a half months three months in right and it's like you're gonna have your first match i didn't have gear i didn't have anything and it was like just go wrestle uh, but right. it, it was it was you know it's something to do it was something to learn i did that for a few months before getting to do any of their like road shows uh my first ever road show uh and time actually in a ring doing something was uh i got to do something with one man gang so did you really yeah it was so fun because they uh and it was my first rib in wrestling it was the first time I ever got a rib pulled yeah, on me. You have to tell the story, bro. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm nervous, as you can imagine, because, like, it's the first time I'm ever going to get to do anything, like, at a show, a big show. Right. And I'm going as, like, quote-unquote security or whatever, you know, at first. And we do a thing. Every show is the same format. It was, you know, for a long time, these road shows, you know, like, a lot of times you just do what works, you know, and... I mean, that's kind of, like, the only thing you have to do is just do what works, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Go ahead. So it was... Heel would come out, cut this promo, or no, sorry, sorry, um, there would be an award, and they would give a Rookie of the Year award to somebody. Really? So okay. it was one of the kids. So it was either me or Gabe or someone like that. They'd give a Rookie of the Year award. What a work. It's such a work. <laughs> and then the heel would come out, beat the hell out of the, you know, the kid getting the award, and then Rick would make the big save. It would set up the main event for that night, saving a student. Right. So we're doing the award thing, but all day, I don't see gang. And I keep asking, like, hey, does he know what we're doing? Hey, does he know what we're doing? They're like, yeah, 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 we'll talk to him, we'll talk to him. Uh, he's not here yet. 
I'm like, crap, because we had two different locker rooms. It was like that old school, like, yeah. you know, heel oh, face locker yeah. room. Absolutely. So I go in the ring, I'm doing the thing, and then, and he doesn't know who I am. I don't know any, you know, like, I've never seen him. So he comes out, and as he comes out, he's got this big chain wrapped around his fist. And he's like, and I still haven't talked to him. They keep saying, like, no, he's not here, he's not here. And I'm like, hey, does he know what we're doing? Like, does he know? And he's like, yep. So when he does it, you're going to do it, and you're going to lay in a punch to him. And I'm like, okay, does he know? Like, we'll tell him. So sure enough. <laughs> you poor soul, you I trusted know. somebody. <laughs> I know. So he comes out. And, like, he's doing his thing, and I'm supposed uh. to attack him. And so, like, when he comes out, like, to defend myself, and I throw a punch, and he's got that chain still wrapped around his hand. Yeah. He goes to rear back, and I'm like, oh, no. And then, like, right as he's rearing back, he drops the chain and hits me. Wow. And just this nice working punch. He's super soft, this and that. Then I find out the rib in the back was he's been there all day. Uh, really? Yeah, he'd been there all day, and they so were just like, just yeah, they are just trying to make me. They are trying to scare me. <laughs> But uh, no, Gang was phenomenal. He was so Mission nice. Accomplished. Yeah, That's I was terrified such, all day. Such a such a cool story, man. And you know, you can always take up some lessons like that to where, like, when you get like a legend, like one man gang, and you get like some of those old school brothers back then, and you realize, and don't get me wrong, like some of them, like they believe in their character and their ego and real life and everything. But it's always a breath of fresh air to where, like, you can be around guys like like Booker or like for me it's like like Stevie Richards or Stevie Ray or like other different guys that we, we've known and came through that have been through like WWE around the world and back and you just realize like man these are just good human beings yeah. like yeah like they're these larger in life characters on TV but just like to the core they're just good good people by the way Kevin's getting blown up by all these uh, by all these honeys since he's talking about the <laughs> no 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 sorry <laughs> <laughs> no but you're fine uh, moving moving right along though so you start so you you started wrestling with there. You had these stories and everything. How long did you wrestle in where you were at until you were like pretty much got that mindset or that um, that situation into your head to where you're like, all right, I need to change. I need to elevate like whatever your goals were or anything like that. Like kind of dive into that for me for a yeah, second. Yeah, so for the first couple of years, you know, I was what, started 13, so probably my first match at 14 uh, until I was about 16, 17, 17-ish. So you're uh, already like three years in. Yeah, like, just doing that. And we, But the thing was, we wrestled every weekend. You know, it was it was a great thing because like he'd have like, Rick had shows because he yeah. was booked everywhere for a right. while. And, you know, it was that time frame too where like wrestling was still pretty hot because um, yeah. I got in 2000, very into 2000, yeah, yeah, going yeah. into 2001. Right. So like 2001, 2002, 2003, like hot, hot. Man. If you, hot. you know, you could go to any gym, there's like 600, 700,000 people, you know, like you just go to a gym and in 2001, anywhere you went, there was wrestling. Like there was people, mm -hmm. you know, the Indies was still hot until like maybe like 2003 started really yeah. dying down. Hold on. Did you say six, 600 or 700,000 or was it 600 like 600 to 700 to a thousand? To a thousand. To there a thousand. we go. Okay. Yeah. And then one of people would be like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling was great, man. No, no, no. To, to like a thousand people. You guys people. have no idea. Yeah. But it, but, yeah, but it was like a thousand people was like a, a real, like a good show, but it was like a, a show that you could do. Dude, any, dude, any, any show, and long as I've been wrestling, any show that like, my mind and this might sound bad but any show that was over like 150 200 people i'm like yo this is a decent good crowd house. yeah it's a good this house is pretty decent house yeah. you know so when you're doing like 500 every weekend you know oh, it was yeah. it was great and that's just what i thought wrestling was too like so then Absolutely. you had the bottom drop out a little bit Absolutely. but for a while it was like and that's just what wrestling is every house you go to was like 500 people you know yeah. it was just it was great you know except for like i said the student shows but any of the big shows that we did you know but we did it every weekend you know rick was booked every weekend and the kind of deal was his ring a lot of times like he was doing all these events and even if he wasn't booked on another show 
he was like, hey, I got like three guys I want to bring, mm, you know, gotcha. and so he would take care of our, you know, like we didn't get paid, but he would take care of all of our expenses. He'd feed us, he'd hotel, you know, he'd get us hotel just to get us that experience. That's awesome. You know, so he was just trying to help us out and just kind of like get us experience. So it was like, hey, I've got four guys. I need two matches, extra matches on the card. And pretty much everybody would do it for him. Dude, that's great, uh, man. Yeah, and so you, that that's so that that's so helpful to have a guy like that that's actually looking out for you for, since day one because we've heard all the horror stories yeah. of guys that are just like, look, give me the cash, I'll throw you a few holds, and you're on your own. Yeah, you nope. know. Uh, that's after the like thing. two months, and I'll always give him all the credit in the world. Um, after like two months, he didn't ask for money anymore. Like I didn't pay him. You know, I worked. You know, he taught me how to do construction. I worked for him on some construction sites. Oh, no and stuff. kidding! Oh, yeah, wow. but yeah. again, like some people look at like, ah, oh, you work for him for free on construction. Like I learned something. I learned a skill. I learned, a, you know, something that I still use to this day. Um, so anyways, he took great care of us. So I did that for like three years, I'd say. And then I was about 17 and I really started kind of looking out. Like I started trying to find my own bookings. You know, it was the first time I got like my own bookings. I went to Corpus um, for the, um, the Vine, or for the Gavons. Yeah, the Gavons. Um, yeah. So I did that. You know, Ben really took care of me down there. Uh, new style. Um, I actually went to Texas All-Star. was my first ever outside booking that I got on my own. Uh, it was the Humble Rumble. Really, uh, the yeah. humble rumble, yes. baby. Love it. So good. Love me, love uh, me some Bob Murphy, it, Texas yeah, All man. Star. Bob yeah, man. Bob treated me great. No, uh, the first person I ever met outside of that was uh, was Abel, uh, Nico. Yeah, uh, man. yeah, man. And, and and I told him the story. He didn't remember it, of course, because you don't remember these things. Like I was a kid that barely had gear, you know, and just right. coming in, right. some little kid. And uh, the humble rumble, they got a million guys coming in, you know. So you know, like you're in a locker room, and all of a sudden there's like ten extra guys. Absolutely. The guys that are like the hometown guys, like they're not going and like. Hey, how y'all doing? Y'all having fun tonight? You know, this and that. You're just kind of like, ah, oh, these guys are here. They're not going to be here next month. You right, know? right, right. Uh, Abel was the only guy in that locker room that night that like came and sat with me and was like, I like your boots, man. You know, like, where'd you get those at? You know, and was just like, you know, hey, man, just relax out there. Have fun tonight. You know, this is about having a good time. And he was the champion at the time. And like, and it really brought some. So that way, when it full circle years later, when Abel was kind of on his way out, I was like, stay. I was like, be here. We want you here. Right. Just because he's a good human being. And like, and he can still go. The best. Yeah, he's the best. The best. I but mean, it was one I, of those, like, yeah. you did something for me. So when his confidence was down and he was like, man, I don't know if I should do this. I was like, please just stay. You know, like, don't, you know, fight through this. Because again, you did something for me when I was a kid. Now I want to, you know, repay that favor. Um, but yeah, so I did some of that stuff. And then I was 18, uh, go, about to go 19. And I heard a radio ad or um, Pride, Chris, uh, heard a radio ad about Booker T's opening a school. Uh, it was wow. his first day of opening a school, and we were all traveling together and doing stuff. What radio station was that? I just had a curiosity. I think it was 97.9. Was it 97.9 The Box? Yeah. yeah so that that's uh, for everybody that's not in the city of Houston, that's basically the uh, local hip-hop and R&B station, 97.9. Everybody knows about The Box. And, uh, you know, uh, The Pride, Chris, uh, what was it? What was his actual last name? Williford. Williford, that's right, Chris Williford. I think he was, was he Chris Adams? Yeah, we were Chris, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was the thing with Book, you'll uh, always tie in these names, like, you gonna be Chris Adams. You gonna be this guy. You gonna be this guy. And it's like those names have been done before. Yeah, and he was like, and they were good names. <laughs> damn good names. They were damn good oh, names. They were champion God. names. So you heard. So basically, you you were going out on your own. Basically, you, you had these goals. You've had these dreams, just like everybody does in pro wrestling. Of just like I'm gonna make something happen out of this. Uh, it already shows your passion. Already shows your commitment for everything you've been going through so far. And you hear it on a radio ad to go and check out Booker T's wrestling, which was, I believe, at that time that was PWA because you yes. were here with Book before I came in yeah. uh, and everything like that. So. Take me through, man. You heard this radio. Uh, you pretty much heard this radio commercial. And then how did you meet Book? So, yeah, we got the commercial. Or we heard the commercial. Uh, Chris called the school and was like, hey, you know, we heard this commercial. We want to see, you know, like, what do we do? And Book's like, I'll see you at 7. And it was like, you know, probably 
four o'clock in the afternoon. He was like, oh, so you called him on the phone. He was yeah, just like, and he was like, it. he was like, he's like, hey, and uh, Chris, Chris talked to him. And he's like, uh, hey, we want to try and try out for your school. We want to, you know, we're wrestlers. We've been doing this and this, and and book was just like. Cool. See you at seven. <laughs> Hung up, and it's like, well, I guess we have to be there at seven now. Yeah, no <laughs> you know, shit. like, right. so, um, so Chris calls me. I'm actually out. Um, there was a place where you can go out, like shooting guns and stuff like that. And um, mm. you know, again, country boy at that time. You know, I kind mean, of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what they do. So yeah. we're out, and I'm getting a call. And I'm out with some buddies, and um, they're like, he's uh, he's like, hey, uh, I just talked to Booker T. I'm like, what? I didn't know anything. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, um, he wants us to see. He wants to see us at seven. And I didn't know he had a school or anything. I don't know what he's talking about. Right. And he's like, oh, we have a tryout at seven. I need you to be at my house. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll see you then. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like having to like rush home, grab my gear, yeah. still don't know what's going on. Right. Uh, and just drive to Chris's house and like pick him up. And then I get the information. It's like, oh, okay. So he has a school. Like, I just thought that he's like, we have a tryout at seven for Booker T. Mm. Be at my house in an hour. Wow. Hang up the phone. And that's just the way wrestling is sometimes. No, oh, absolutely. Now, what year was this? Was this like 05 or yeah, yeah, 2005? Yeah. Okay. So we do that. Uh, I go meet Booker. Uh, we go to the old school, the first school he had. Um, I think there was only like two students at the time because it was like the second day it was open. So it like just opened. Uh, so there was like two other guys there. Uh, nobody that had any like wrestling experience yet except mm. for uh, Abel. Abel's there. Uh, Nico. Right. Um, but so we get in and Book's like, all right, uh, I'm not taking people that have already been trained if they got bad habits. Uh, or if you're older. So we were younger, but I'm like, okay, so he's like, uh, get in the ring with me. I was like, all right. So like my tryout and our tryouts were literally in there with a future two-time Hall of Fame. Yeah, and at the time yeah. he was like, I think like, you know, I mean, he was on TV. Was yeah, that, you he, know, was, he, he was, was doing, on WWE Yeah, I think he might have right? been U.S. Yeah. champion at the time with the Ben right. Ross stuff going on. So like, right. it was like, all right, get in, let me get you five minutes out of you. You know, so it was like, you get in, tie up, do some stuff, real basic, you know, right. but then, and then he was like, all right, next. And then, you know, and then, you know, Alex got in. But something. you're but you're in there with Book. So Book has basically just got, like, this buffet line of of, of people yeah. where he's like, all right, get in here, lock up with me, we'll see what you got. Yeah. And he's like, it was, it was that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, it me. was crazy. You know, and again, you meet him, he talks to you for 30 minutes, and then he's like, all right, let's see what you got. Come on in the ring real quick. Wow. And then kind of, you know, tied up, rolled around for a second. All right, not too bad. You know, next. All right, not too bad. You know, uh, cool. All right, you're all right. Uh, come in the office real quick. Uh, we sat in the office, and this was the, the thing. And I always talk about that. I, you know, oh, I was ready to go, and this and that. You don't lose opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trained that dumb old school way too of like, you know, once you pay to be a wrestler, once you're a wrestler, you're a wrestler, and you shouldn't be able to. You know, you don't have to pay any further. You know, you don't have to if you go to another school. That kind of mentality. Yeah. You remember like the right. old kind of school. like It almost like they give you like this uh, imaginary card that's just all like, yeah. I've been trained, I can wrestle everywhere, and that's totally not the not case. Not true at all. But it was that <laughs> old school case. guys, and, and so right. that's how I was brought up. So I was just around the guys that were like the old territory guys and this and that. Like I was a lot of old school guys. So, you know, Book pulled us in the office. He's like, hey, and at the time it was a lot more expensive than it is now. You know, at the time it was like $500 down, $250 a month, yeah, uh, four grand total. And it was like, and he was like, all right, so uh, here you go. Here's the, here's the breakdown, you know, $500 down, uh, $250 a month, uh, no contracts. So like, you know, if you decide you want to quit, you can quit, but you know, four grand total. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Um, think about it over a weekend. Uh, if you're interested, I'll see you on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was. And uh, I was thinking, okay, guys, that was fun. We're not joining, you know, cause like we're not paying that kind of money. Like, mm, so yeah. I'm, and, and I know. Chris doesn't have any money. But you're like 17, 18 at the yeah, time, right? Yeah. So, like, dude, like, four grand is, is like, that's a it's crazy a amount of money. Of money. It's a Absolutely. lot of money. And, and, like, Kristen, I knew he didn't have any money. You know, Alex didn't have any money. You know, I didn't have a lot of money. Right. And, you know, I was working at the time, which is luckily. But, uh, so, like, when I'm hearing all this, I'm thinking to them, like, they're, like, 
ah, screw this, we're done. It was fun, whatever. We get in the car, and I'm like, and they're like, what'd you guys think? And I'm expecting everybody to be like, nah, screw this, we're getting worked, it's, you know, whatever. And everybody's like, man, can you get the money together by Wednesday? Let's get, the, I'll see you, let's do this on Wednesday. Nice. And like, they nice. were all pumped, so like, I was Hell just. yeah, bro. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> yes. It, but I was ready to walk away. I was like, if they said no, Wow. I was ready. I was like, yeah, nah, man, we're getting worked here. Ladies and gentlemen, you are who your friends are. Yeah, 100%. Right there. And, yep. and they were good. They were like, yes, we're doing it. So, like, the whole ride home, I was like, are we really doing this? Like, that's a lot of money and everything else. But it was the best decision I ever made, you know, like, yeah. by far. You know, it paid off tenfold. But at the time, I was ready to be, I was done. Like, that's that was crazy, it. Even man. though, like, Book accepted us. He was like, y'all are doing really good. You know, y'all got a lot of habits, you know, but y'all, you know, y'all got the basics down. Uh, but yeah, man, I was ready to walk away. Dude, that that is the wildest thing. And see, here's the funny thing. I, as long as I've known you, like I've known like bits and pieces of that story, but I didn't know exactly how that panned out the way it did. And I'm so glad you explained that to me right now because I'm just like, geez, because there's just it's crazy to to hear your story or to get refreshed on your story because there's so many different parallels of things and experiences. And I'm not trying to get all like crazy tangent out there, everything for a reason, <laughs> but everything happens for a reason 100%. that you've had all these parallels from book, the martial arts that led the wrestling to led to the type of friends that you had that just everything just every piece just perfectly fit into your puzzle that makes your journey your journey and like that's just so cool especially at those times where like you have no idea how you're going to make something happen there's no way you see this big mountain this big obstacle and you found a way and you had you had a support system to go ahead and get you through that and i think that's super cool so now I'm assuming you got with book. Yep. Got the money, got everything ready. You started training. And that was the funny thing too, of like me mentioning that tryout to where you're talking about books in the ring, just locking up with guys. Cause when I first came to PWA, AKA the row, uh, like I, like the couple times a week, like book would just get done with a full schedule WWE. Cause I came in right as his, basically right on the end of his run with WWE. He was with WWE for maybe about, I want to say close to a year, but not a full year. Mm -hmm. And then it was right before he went to TNA. So I was around yeah. book all when he was through TNA and everything like that. And uh, I thought it was wild that I could walk into a wrestling school and be like, I wonder what spot I'm going to do with Booker T tonight. <laughs> You know what I yeah, mean? Just in yeah. this guy was like, because you get in there with the, like the the veterans and stuff where it's like, I don't want to bump kid, like, you know, this, that, whatever. Completely understandable. You're on a yep. full-time TV 100%. schedule, this, that, whatever. And this guy's just all like, hit me. Watch Slam. You know, all those classic Booker T sound effects that you and I and a lot of people know about. And it's just so wild. It just, it just shows that guy like, He's from a different planet, man. Yeah. He really, really is. And it's it, just and the guys it's so that inspiring. There, and the guys that were there, you know, you knew, especially like the, you know, quote unquote name guys, uh, especially in the early days, you know, which I, I was just so credited and like, I'm so grateful for because they all had the same mentality. And like, there's, you know, like you said, there's a lot of those old guys, not just yeah. old guys, a lot of guys on the road and everything. Understandably, when they're home, they don't want to bump. They don't right. want to, you know, like that's their days off. Right. You know, uh, we were so lucky in that first crew um, that's where a lot of the guys came because, you know, Booker to start a school. So they're like, hey, we want to go be around and learn something. So a lot of guys that were like on TV a lot, but maybe not main event guys yet. And they were trying to, you know, pick that brain, you know, pick Booker's brain and that stuff because he had a place so they could be. So you had like the MVPs, the Shelton Benjamins, the Charlie Hosses, the Umagas, um, uh, Lance Cade, Trevor Murdoch, you know, like you had yeah. all these guys here right. that would just kind of come in like, you know, randomly throughout the weeks, you know, like they weren't like students or anything, but they were just when they were home, they'd come in. 
but they were in that same mentality of like, hey, come in here real quick, you know, and like, let's have a little match. And like, the, so much you can learn in that, you know, that time that people just don't For understand. sure, man. A hands-on you know? hands experience, I believe, is probably, in, in my opinion, because I know everybody's different, but hands-on experience, in my opinion, is the best way to learn 100 absolutely i can tell you all day until the cows come home and then it all depends on how somebody listens because they could be auditory they could be i mean tony robbins talks about it, about the different types of learning and stuff to where some people have to feel it some people can hear it some people they're visual learners things of that nature but i feel like hands-on it's like you're getting you're checking all the boxes because you're hearing it you're feeling it yeah. you're, you're living it everything and i just uh i think i think that's super cool man and that was something that was always close to me as far as training at PWA but now that you're in the mix with book you're getting all this knowledge from all these random stars that came in because that was the thing too like when I first started PWA and everything and I would go it, it was cool enough to have Booker be there but then you'd walk in and it's like oh there's the great Kali yes. or oh there's Shelton Benjamin just rolling around or oh there's this guy or that guy and then like of course there was the time where the Undertaker came yeah. in which everyone was like this is the godfather of yeah. wrestling like legit like oh and it's like it's always funny when those veterans are like all right uh, uh, uh can i tell you guys something real quick it's like no please shut your mouth and let me wrestle like of course you can give me advice you're the undertaker or anybody else that comes in but going back to you you're getting all this knowledge just from everyone and everything and so now we're like I know when you started in Louisiana, you had a certain character, you were doing yeah. a certain thing. So tell me, and this is what I want to get into, what happens inside the mind of a man, a man that is a, that is a kick-ass martial artist, a guy that has traveled the roads and put all kinds of different dedication, sacrifices, passion into wrestling. What made you come up with Kelly Kevin? For the record, I did not come up with Kelly Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> So hold on, let me. I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I apologize. I apologize. So Kelly Kevin, okay, Kevin Bernhardt's gimmick when he was there, the, the best gimmick ever. He was basically okay. How mm, I don't I don't want to get canceled. How would you describe Kelly Kevin for everyone? Okay, so it's been described a few different ways, and it's gone through some iterations. But the initial was like a half man, half woman, androgynous. Uh, kind of character. And those are the first photos I saw to where literally like half of your body and face, kind of like if, if anybody wants to paint a mental image, it was like when Roddy Piper back at WrestleMania where he was like half white face, half black face, right? Yeah. Uh, which that totally would not work today. No, not <laughs> but, a good idea. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, uh, Kevin was basically like half his body was like dressed as a man in a suit and everything like that. And then the other half, you were just straight up makeup. Glam. Girl, yeah. yeah, glammed out. And you were, you were literally... Two Face from yeah. from Batman. Like yeah. you were literally which Booker split called that me Two Face, which goes back to just <laughs> it's a good name. Uh, but then we went oh to Kelly Kevin, and, and and the and the character in that before we get to like the creation of it and everything was up. Eventually, just became a very glamorous, you know, like Pat kind of thing where you don't know is it man, is it woman, is it this, you know, like it was just a very just like gen, you know, like a the androgynous kind of thing. It's like you know, one time we got talking to Pat where it was like you're looking, you're like you know, it's very made up and everything, but. I think that's a guy, but it looks really, you know, it looks really feminine. And it, so it was just very, uh, that character, you know, like, I mean, the gold dust without the makeup, you know, without the gold, you know, and, right. um, Velveteen dream, you know, just very, you know, that, you know, uh, yeah. it, and so, and it was, it was hard, man. It was a hard 
thing for me to cope well, this with. Is, well, this is what I want to talk to you about because this is this is something, and this is one of the bigger points that I want that I want to touch up on this because we hear it, and I think that's like a common fear between like a lot of wrestlers, men or women, to where we hear stories from William Regal and things of that nature, to where it's like, look, everybody wants to be the badass, the world champion, the ass kicker, the this, the that, or whatever. And when you have an opportunity to be creative, to be outside the box, because to me that's the ultimate thing in wrestling. Move your look, everything like that. You just have to stand out and be different. So this is where I get at to where you have this gimmick that, okay, Booker came up with, and it's like you're half and half split. What made you like think of like, all right, this is going to work, or I'm cool with this, or were you just all like, you know what, I got nothing else going on, or did you feel peer pressured about it? Like, this is what I want to know because not a lot of people can handle what you've been given, let alone you took it, and you ran with it, bro. You ran with it. I know people bring up like fan, a Fandango and other different gimmicks and everything from wrestling. There's a whole there's a whole list of them. But dude, you ran with this gimmick. Please take me inside this. So so it all started with uh, I was doing a WWE uh, extra work. Um, okay. We got to get in. So I can't remember which one it was um, where we were at. But you know you do the little loop. You know you do the three days. Yeah, two yeah, days. yeah. Time it was two days. So we were doing the loop. And, you know, we got to get in the ring and roll around and do little matches and stuff. And afterwards, like, maybe like an hour after we're getting all cooled down, Book came up to me and was like, hey, man, um, somebody here was really looking at you and really, you know, but came up with an idea for you. Uh, he was like, I'll tell you at the gym later, but um, but just know, man, like, you know, it's good stuff. And uh, he was like, but uh, just be ready. And I was like, and I didn't know what he meant. I was like, and in my head, I'm like, oh, it's going to be like, you know, you know, something cool or this or that. Because I thought I was like Shawn Michaels, you know, like I was having fun. And then we Just get the to, way he builds yeah, you up, I know, dude. That's, I know. Oh, my God. So for about a week or two weeks, I keep asking like, hey, man, uh, what's the character? And he was like, in time. And then he'd walk away. So he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> and so like I'm going okay. through all these things in my head. And then finally he pulls me in the office and he's like, hey, all right, so here's the story. He was like, you did your show, you know, your match and everything. And um, Triple H came up to me after the show or during the, you know, while you were out there. No kidding. Yeah. And he was like, wow. hey, man, that's one of your kids, right? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, man, he reminds me of something. He's like, I got this idea when I was looking at him. He was like, do you remember Adrian Streets? And Book's like, yeah. He was like, he's not the biggest guy. He's kind of thin. You know, he's got some wire. You know, he's got some good, you know, some shots and stuff. He's like, what if you did something like that with him? And then Book's brain started going. So Adrian Streets was a guy in the 70s, 80s, who was like, you know, this British wrestler. He's really small, really short. One of the best, One man. of the best. Trendsetter, bro. But he, like, wore makeup. He was, like, you know, very flamboyant. This Absolutely. And that. But then when he got in the ring, he was, like, beating the hell out of guys. Absolutely. And, you know, Triple H is a big fan of his, which you can see in some of the NXT guys, you know, like how he kind of – there's a couple guys that he's kind of done similar things with in the past. Right. But um, so anyways, so it came from Triple H. And then, you know, you know Triple H came and talked to Booker. And then, you know, book kind of then created his own thing with it. You know, we kind of put it together. But it was devastating, man. Like, I, I loved that Triple H, you know, like, I was like, man, it was this big honor for me. Like, it's like, okay, well, if he thinks I can do something, if I do this, I'll get signed. Like, that was my only thing. I was like, well, Hell tri- yeah. I was naive. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, like, Triple- all, yeah. trust me, we all are. <laughs> I'm thinking Triple H came up with this, so, like, he's going to see me do it, and he, I'm right. going to get signed. I already see the path right in yeah, front of you, Yeah, it's there. Bro. I was like, Absolutely. all I have to do is get through it. And like, but I did the big mistake for my first taping and my first ever one, which backfired on me big time. But I made the big mistake of half-assing it. Uh, mm. My first one ever, I went and got gear, but it was still like just pants and like 
a shirt that was like gold because that's kind of flamboyant, you know, like, you know, this and that. It, but again, it was not feminine at all. It was not like, you know, I did a little bit of makeup and Book looked at me. He's like, what the hell is this? He was like, I, I laid everything out for you, man, this and that. And I was wrestling a, a girl named Maria who was uh, Russell Simpson's wife. Nice. Okay. Gotcha. And she worked at a club. So Book looked at Maria. He's like, do you got anything he can wear? <laughs> can you imagine being in a WWE setting? And you having a two-time Hall of Famer ask a lovely female, is there anything that a grown man can wear so he can go and try and get something from, like, one of the bigger, like, creative guys in Triple H? Like, that is absolute, that is such a great story. But once again, I have to give you fucking credit. Who can do that? Yes. Seriously, like you're fighting with everything to where like you're 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 blatantly just like, look, I, I'm I'm gonna try and show them something, this that, whatever. Most guys would have been like, took themselves way too seriously, like, oh fuck that, I'm not doing that, I'm stone cold, I don't care, you know this that, like this is this is so like inspiring to me of just like just taking what life gives you and you just you have to run with it. You, you do, man. Absolutely, you have, have to you, run with you it. You have to, and you have to, you know, like I said, understand what this is and. You know, and put your ego aside. I mean, everybody that knew me back then, uh, I mean, I wasn't one of those, like, play grab-ass kind of guys. A lot of times I yeah, wasn't, yeah, like, yeah, feminine. Yeah. You know, like, I was, I tried, you know, like, I wanted to be serious, you know, and I didn't want to be looked at a certain way. And I had to learn that. You know, I had to learn, like, dude, this isn't that serious. You know, like, you can laugh at yourself. You can, you know, and the biggie, too, of uh, I always give him a lot of credit because I was really, I was, man, it, it got me for a minute. And uh, Boogeyman is the one that pulled me aside. Marty's the best, the man. The best ever. And, um, and he told me, because I was, like, thinking, like, what are the guys going to think of me? You know, that was such a thing. Like, what are wrestlers going to think of me? You know, coming out and dressing, like, with makeup on and stuff. I'm not going to be one of the guys. And um, Marty pulled me aside, because he could tell I was upset. You know, like, you know, and he pulled me aside, and he was like, look, man. He was like, I get it. Like, on the indies, people are immature and this and that. He was like, if you get to the show, if you get to WWE and stuff, it's like, nobody looks at gold dust any different. That's, that's Dustin when he's in the locker room. You know? Absolutely. And he was like... Nobody looks at me as, like, the boogeyman. He was like a Marty in a locker room. He was like, I got the respect to my peers because I can go out there and do a job. He was like, if you do this right and you don't, you know, he's like, and play, you know, be you in the locker room and be that out there. And he was like, you can make something. And, you know, nobody's ever going to, you know, laugh at you or look at you any different. And, um, and he just really gave me that pep talk. And I, was, I went out there that night just like, you know what, I'm going all out. If I'm going to do it, like, <laughs> it, if it fails – and I don't go all the way, then like I made myself look like an idiot and it didn't get over. Mm. If I can get over doing it and I look, you know, and I look like I do and all that stuff. Yeah. I looked like an idiot, but man, I'm over, you right. know, and it worked. Absolutely. So like why half ass it and be like, you know, now I'm in, I'm in a dress or I'm in drag and I'm not getting over, you right. know, like, <laughs> you know, so I just don't get the, the mentality. So it was like, all right, I'm going to give this everything I've got. Um, and that was just it, man. You just got to go all in. All right, guys. Well, I put a pause for the cause on part one of my sit-down interview with Kevin Bernhardt. Wow, what what a great segment, man. Going back and listening to that is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. And some good nuggets of wisdom, man. And I'm looking forward to part two. And, of course, part two will be released next Friday on the Leisure and Larry's podcast with Kevin Bernhardt. And I'm looking forward to that. But before we go ahead and take this home, guys, uh, I need to do a quick little shout-out. Uh, unfortunately, 
uh, there has been another tragic loss inside the close realms of professional wrestling. And um, I would be doing it injustice to not mention her uh, here on my podcast. And she's been a wonderful lady and co-owner of Texoma Pro. Uh, loved by many and always had a warm smile and embrace each time that you stepped in uh, to the venue to do a Tex Elma Pro uh, pro wrestling event. And I'm talking about Terry Hopper. Um, wonderful lady, unfortunately passed away recently and just such a kind woman, man. Uh, just such a warm embrace each time you came in and was just so sweet and always made you feel welcome, made you feel a part of a family, even if it was your first day, you know, and, and Terry was such a sweet woman and unfortunately she passed away. Uh, so my condolences go uh, to the Hopper family and my condolences go to uh, anyone and everyone that's ever been involved with Texoma Pro. And, of course, the other co-owner, uh, Robert Langdon, who's a good good friend, a good guy. Uh, you know, I, I feel for his pain. Uh, basically, you know, losing, losing someone that close is never, never easy. So, uh, Terry, may you rest in peace, sweetie. Thank you so much for making me feel so welcome for all my times there at Texoma Pro. And you definitely will be missed. So, with that being said, guys, it is that time. I think you should go home now, Devin. There's nothing going on, Stuart. Sit go home. Guys, I appreciate you listening to yet another episode of the Leisure Larry's podcast. And that's it, man. We're going to take it on home, man. Episode 17 is in the books. Episode 18 next Friday. Part two with Kevin Bernhardt. Be positive, be well, and guys, take care.